listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Awesome. Thank you so much, Will and Philly. Honestly, you guys are amazing. And in fact, let's be honest, all of the team behind the scenes who have been enabling us to be able to do church online at this time are incredible. And it might feel weird, but uh, honestly, in your lounge, wherever you are, come on, put your hands together. Seriously. They are due some praise. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. And honestly, we thank you so much. But I am stirred for what God has in my heart today to be able to just communicate. And I really pray that uh, wherever we're receiving this, that it'd be something that uh, as well would just ignite something. It It would enable us to dream a little bigger. It would enable us to see a little clearer in regards to where we are right now. So why don't we pray? And then we're gonna jump straight into it. Father, We thank you that you're with us. I thank you, Lord, for every single person, Lord, who's tuning in right now just to connect, not with me, not with what I have to say, but God, we're here to hear from you. Lord, we're here to get something of your presence afresh. Lord, we're here to hear your word, Lord, that does more than any human word can do. God, it changes us, it sharpens us, it encourages us, it fuels us, it feeds us, it protects us. And so, Lord, would your word be so strong today? Would your presence be very real? And God, for anyone who might be experiencing this online church and church be something that's unfamiliar, I pray that as you presence yourself with them, it wouldn't feel unfamiliar, but God, it would feel like the most natural thing is to know you personally and to have you amongst our world. And God, I just give you all the glory in advance. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, today we're starting, uh, you know, something that has been stirred in my heart around this whole idea of faith forward. You know, I don't need to go into the detail of the season that we're in. Come on, we're all in this season and no doubt enjoying some of the, you know, lightened areas of restriction and stuff like that this last week. But to be honest, I think for all of us, we would love to fast forward where we are right now. We'd love to get on the other side of what we right now are all going through. But the truth of it is, is I don't think that God is just wanting to get us to the other side. I actually think He wants to faith forward us. I actually believe that He wants to lead us personally to a place that we are actually better on the other side. When we walk out of this, however that looks, there is going to be something that has been developed on the inside of us. There is going to be something of what He has added and expanded into who we are as His kids, as believers, as Christians, as disciples, that there would be something in our life that would have shifted. Not shifted because of inconvenience, but shifted because He's doing something rich in this time. And I've got to be honest, There's something, and this is going to be the sort of the heartbeat of what I want to share today, but I honestly believe that God has entrusted us this time in history. He has entrusted this time to us. You know, I'll never forget, actually, um, as an 18-year-old going to America for six months to be able to go snowboarding, and I had invited and somewhat convinced Nadia to come with me, and it was amazing. Everything worked out, and here we are standing at the airport And we're saying goodbye to all the family and things like that. And now I love, uh, you know, Nadia's dad, my father-in-law, Mark. He's an amazing, amazing guy. Uh, But, you know, obviously Nadia and I, we're just friends. And here we are going overseas together, pretty young, I guess. And um, we're at the airport and Mark comes up to me like only Mark can. And he looks at me and he says, all right, Craig, you've sold the vision of this trip to my daughter. And so here I am as an 18-year-old. I'm actually trying to process what he's trying to say to me. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he goes, so therefore she's your responsibility. I'm entrusting her to you for this time that you would look after her. And I'm like, yes, absolutely, Mr. Mott. Yes, Mark, I, I, will, I will look after her. And he goes, good, 
Because if anything happens to her, I will find you and I will bash your kneecaps in with a baseball bat. Are we clear? And at that point, he just looked at me and he walked off. And I, I, I got to say, I think tears started to flow down my face as I thought maybe, just maybe, this will be the last time I get to walk on my home soil. But there was this moment where he entrusted. Now, I have a daughter who's eight and her name's Hope. And I can tell her right now, she ain't travelling without me until she's at least 30 or 40. And I would not just stop at the knees. Man, I would go all to town if something was to happen to her. But the truth of it is, is how we do or how we deal with what has been entrusted to us determines what's made available on the other side. We had an amazing time in America and got back and, and obviously, you know, Nadia and I started to, you know, form a relationship and, and, you know, just did time with the family, all that sort of stuff. And then the next time I got to sit down with Mark and share vision was the vision about marrying her, at which he said yes. And here we are, you know, 18 years deep and it's just amazing. But what we do with what we're entrusted determines what's on the other side. What's determined what else can be entrusted to he who is faithful with small will be faithful with much. And there's this amazing person in the Bible that I want us to talk about today, and her name is Esther. And, you know, there's this statement, that maybe you've heard it, or if you're new to faith and reading the Bible, you haven't heard it yet, but it's an Old Testament story, and I, I encourage you to read it. It's the book, the book is called Esther, but in there, in uh, chapter four, it says this statement, Esther, for you have been born for such a time as this. What if we have been positioned here in this moment, 2020, right now in the middle of May, and we have been entrusted this moment and we've been born for such a time as this, for such a time as this, who knows that generations gone past, some were entrusted some of the most tragic moments, some of the areas of, of world wars, whether it be one or World War II or, or other dynamics that took place. But those people of that time were entrusted a moment where in their response, we now live in the freedom of what they decided not to avoid, not to abandon, but they decided to embrace and they just went all in. And because of the way they responded, because of the way that which was entrusted to them and the way they operated within that, we now live at a place where yes, we don't like the idea of World War I, but we've just had Anzac Day, another moment of battle, which was horrific, but we honour, why? Because people actually stepped up, they didn't sit down. They actually rose, they didn't run and hide. And I, I honestly really believe that God has entrusted us a time. Come on, as, as Christians, as believers, God has entrusted us this moment and what are we going to do with it? Are we going to rise? Are we going to step up? Are we going to expand ourselves into what God is wanting to do in us and through us? Or are we going to hide? Are we going to settle? Are we going to shrink back? And now I understand that, please, for those right now who are, who are doing it tough, you know, there's serious challenges that have happened. There's areas of loss. There's areas you mourn. There's things that you dreamed and, and you started, but now have become to an abrupt halt. I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm not trying to say that, hey, just forget it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't really feel like much. Just, you know, discard your feelings. No, I'm not saying that. But even maybe in the midst of what seems like destruction, I honestly believe that destiny can be born. I honestly believe that God could actually use this in a way that his purpose might outwork in a way we actually never had seen, never had comprehended. But because we decided to go, okay, God, we've been entrusted a time. And I'm going to let you 
lead this time. I'm going to let you lead my heart. I'm going to let you lead my family. I'm going to let you lead my business. I'm going to let you lead my area of study. I'm going to let you lead the area of my social friends and and that whole area. I'm going to let you lead my area of finance. I'm going to let you lead the areas that are frustrating, the areas of hurt. I'm going to let you lead this. And I'm going to entrust them to you. And I honestly believe that God 100% has the ability to do something that we could not have orchestrated or we could not have outworked had we not walked through this season. And it is just a season. We are going to get through this. We are going to get to the other side. See, what was presented to Esther was the fact of, you know, literally a death sentence of the Jewish people, of her people, of her. What was presented to her was absolute destruction, but what came out of it was destiny. And I honestly believe that destiny can be on the other side of what we're right now going through. You know, it's amazing because, you know, we would say naturally, I don't feel like this. I don't feel like this is a nice thing to go through. I don't feel like this is a God thing even that I'm going through. But I want to encourage us. I don't think Joseph wanted to be sold into slavery. I don't think Paul wanted to be repeatedly beaten or put into prison. I don't think Abraham wanted to sacrifice his son Isaac. And I don't think Job was very pleased about the fact that he lost all of his family. I don't think those people were very thrilled about the situations they had to go through, but on the other side of them going through it, on the other side of them overcoming the disappointing, overcoming the heartbreak, overcoming the hardship and just allowing God to be God in the middle of it, we now look on the other side of that and we celebrate them as heroes of the faith. I honestly really believe, again, I'm saying this over and over, but I honestly believe that on the other side of this, there could be moments of celebration. There could be moments where we would go, wow, yes, it was tough. Yes, it was hard, but I believe if we entrust ourselves to God's purpose over our personal preference, then this might not just be a moment of restriction or reduction, but this could be the catalyst for breakthrough and also the ability for us to break out. See, again, Esther was presented with destruction, but what was enabled was destiny. I trust you're getting something out of this and it's stirring your spirit as it is stirring mine. But I want us to go to the story of Esther. It's in the Old Testament Because if we're going to look at someone who decided in a moment that was entrusted to take a step of faith to move forward, then she's an incredible role model. So to give us a little bit of a backdrop, I guess in regards to uh, where we meet her, basically she's living in the region of Susa and it's a time of the Persian Empire and the Jews, God's people, are scattered throughout all the provinces and the king of the time, King Xerxes, has a marital breakdown. He's now on the hunt for a new wife. It's pretty much the first biblical pageant, right? And he goes and gets all the pretty ladies from all the land, all the virgins, collects them together, and he he basically has them in front of him and he chooses six. And this is where where Esther enters the story. She's obviously a bit of a looker, a jaw dropper, and the king chooses her. After a little bit of pampering, well, let's be honest, not a little bit, 12 months, 12 months of pampering, After 12 months of pampering, again, he favours her and he crowns her to be queen. Now, we learned earlier in the story that Esther actually was orphaned uh, through her parents' death and she's raised by her uncle, who's a great man of God. His name is Mordecai. At the same time all of this is taking place, one of the nobles who would instruct and give wisdom to the king, Haman, is elevated to the highest position And everybody needs to show him honour and bow down to him. But Mordecai would not bow down. 
This causes friction, this causes tension, and Haman actually finds out that Mordecai being a Jew says, you know what, I'm not just going to punish Mordecai, I'm going to declare a decree that all of the Jews must be executed. I mean, this is just crazy to comprehend when you think about it. The king seals this, signs this and seals it off, and there's a whole lot of just turmoil that starts to take place amongst the Jewish people. And basically what happens is Mordecai, uh, you know, gets word to the queen and saying to the queen, saying to Esther, Esther, you need to go to the king. You need to stand up for us. And it's amazing because Esther replies and says, you know what, Mordecai, this is against the law. If I was to go to the king having not been invited, then I'm actually in a position where I would likely be put to death unless he raises his scepter and shows me favour. Isn't it amazing, you know, when you have a side thought on this, isn't it incredible to think that for us, that we have the king of kings, come on, who favours us. We've got the king of kings who looks at us and he doesn't judge us by an outward appearance. He doesn't look down at us and go, are you worthy enough? Should I show you favour? No, we've got a God who's already shown us favour. He's already stretched out and not a scepter, but he stretched out his arms. He stretched out grace. God sent his son, Jesus, not because we're some sort of national lineage that gives us favour, but because we're his and because He loves us, we're made in His image. And maybe you haven't experienced that for yourself yet, but I want to tell you, God is for you. His arms are stretched wide towards you, right? And this is where we're going to pick up the story in chapter 4. And it's an amazing moment where there's this, this something rises in Esther. And in Esther 4, verse 12, it says, When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house that you alone of all the Jews will escape. If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. I love Mordecai's conviction. He knew that God would come through, that God would deliver. But as for you, come on, and your family, they will perish. But who knows, come on, that you have come to a royal position for such a time as this. Who knows that we've been entrusted, that we've come to this moment for such a time as this. And then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go, gather all together, sorry, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. And when this is done, I will go to the king even though it is against the law. And if I perish, hear this, I perish. Man, talk about a reckless abandonment. Talk about a response that just said, you know what, God, here I am, I'm all in. Talk about taking a step of faith to be able to move forward. And so we're going to look at four things today that uh, Esther did that enabled this step of faith to take place, that enabled her to move forward, that she lived out this entrusted time in a way that God could do what only God can do. And number one, if you're taking notes, she realigned lordship. She realigned lordship. You know, firstly, I just want to say on behalf of Nadia and I, just how proud we are of your life, how proud we are of you. You know, the way that everybody has just pressed into God, the way that we're here uh, and talk to people about how you've just gone deeper into His presence, deeper into prayer, that you just really positioned yourself to have His presence around you in an increased way at this time is honestly, it's so encouraging. It's amazing. But when we think about Esther's story, she actually got her information from Mordecai, but what she got from God was the instruction and the insight. 
She got information from man, but she got the insight and she got the instruction from God. You know, it's so important at this time that for all of us, whether we're new in our faith or whether we've been a believer for decades, that we would realign lordship. That in all areas, that we would realign who our supply is, that we would realign where our provision comes from, that we would realign what our foundation is built on and who our foundation, who we are built on. And I love this psalm that's in uh, Psalm 63. And it's David, and he says uh, you know, this incredible thing. And it's actually, he wrote this in the desert of Judah, right? Amazing to think that in a season of desert, it can still have a title of praise. But it says this, it says, chapter one, verse one, sorry. It says, you God, you're my God, and earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parts land where there is no water, I have seen you in the sanctuary and I behold your power and your glory because your love is better than life. What an incredible statement. What an incredible revelation. My lips will glorify you and I will praise you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands and I will be fully satisfied with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth, it will praise you. David had this response. Esther enabled this response. That said, you know what, God? You're my God. You're my God. And for all of us, come on, whether we feel like things are okay, everything's going great, I want to tell you, no one's exempt. Come on, even if you're flourishing in this time, and this isn't a time just to sit back and watch it all unfold for somebody else. So this is a time for us to realign lordship and to get that greater des desperation of supply that it wouldn't just be, yes, he is God. Yes, he is God. But he's my God. Come on, he's my comforter. He's my shelter. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. Come on, Jehovah Jireh, he's my provider. Jehovah Rapha, Rohi, sorry, he's my shepherd. Jehovah Nissi, he's the banner over my life. And that we would have a revelation, God, you're my God. And as David says, your love is actually better than life. Oh, that we would know his love in a fresh way in this season. And it's His love that draws us to take greater steps forward. You know, what's incredible is the way that she enabled this is she called a fast. The moment I said that word, I know for some of us, we're like, oh no, please don't, don't be asking us. Don't go and tell us that we're all got to go without food now. Don't tell us that we're all got to be, you know, I, I guess find more challenge and, and more hardship at this time. Come on, can I say to you, fasting fuels faith. If we're going to live faith forward, then we need to fuel our faith and nothing fuels faith like fasting. You know, I honestly believe that fasting is like fresh breath to a flame. Fresh breath to a flame. It causes it to come alive. It causes it to increase. It's like it can take a glowing ember and see it ignite into a massive flame. See, fasting enables us to enlarge the supply of God's possibilities. And who knows that God's possibilities are so much greater than our own. But the question comes back to us, well, how badly do we want it? So we say, oh, no, don't make me do that. But at the same time, we're saying, oh, God, bring breakthrough. <laughs> oh, God, hear my cry. Oh, God, would you provide? But then we're like, oh, but I don't want to do that. And I love that Esther's first response was, you know what? I'm going to suppress the natural and I'm going to step into a place of the supernatural. I believe right now more than ever, God wants to reveal supernatural moments in your life. He wants to provide supernaturally. He wants to bring hope supernaturally. He wants to bring breakthrough supernaturally. But we've got to enable Him. We've got to release Him in this area. Come on, the Bible talks about many times where He goes, 
where fasting led to breakthrough. Come on, and the deliverance of the, of the boy. He said, hey, this wouldn't come out without prayer and fasting. Our little boy, uh, Ezekiel, he's just about to turn two. He had an accident this week and actually put a hole in the side of his mouth, uh, into his, literally into his mouth. It was a bit of a, a, you know, a horrible moment. He had happened straight after dinner. We went to the hospital and basically they couldn't operate on him in the moment because, you know, he hadn't fasted. The professionals couldn't get access to where they wanted to get access because he hadn't fasted. And he basically needed to go for a time without food. So then they were able to be able to get in there and do what they wanted to do. So we went back the next morning and having fasted for a period of time, then they were able to get in and do what they want to do. You know what I honestly believe? Is that fasting enables God to get in, (laughs) enables him the opportunity to dive into something that otherwise we can't dive into, that we can't access. But when we do this, it enables him to move in a greater way. See, if we're looking to just have the comfortable ability to get through everything we're going through, I want to tell you, looking for comfortable, seeking comfortable will always sideline your call. It will always sideline the commission that God has for us to be able to move forward. You know, it's incredible because Jesus himself, you know, went through many challenges. We know in the garden, he said, God, if this cup could be taken from me, take it from me. But there was actually another moment earlier on uh, in John 12, and, and it talks about this moment where he says, Jesus speaking, my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. And then he says, no, it was for this very reason. No, it was for this very reason I've come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Wow, something in Jesus' spirit rose up. And we know Jesus started his ministry from a place of fasting. See, what if we've been brought to this moment? What if we've been brought to this hour so that something of God could be revealed, something of God could be released like never before? But are we hungry enough for it? Are we desperate enough for it? Because I believe on the other side of our desperation, there's an opportunity for God to move in ways that literally are, as I said before, they're supernatural. They're supernatural. This should not be something. Supernatural moments in God should not be moments that we, we hear about, uh, you know, in, in scarcity. <laughs> supernatural moments, I believe, should be something that the word says should follow the believer. It should follow our life, should follow us. And so I want to read Isaiah 58 quickly. And uh, basically, it talks about what true fasting is. Isaiah 58. This is a really uh, you know, powerful account of fasting and the power that it has, all right? We haven't got much time, but I want you to capture this. If we capture anything, I want you to learn about what fasting can release, all right? Verse 6, it says, Is this not the kind of fasting that I've chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke, Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? Amazing. Incredible how fasting, not only does it take our eyes off us and put it on God, but it actually also opens our eyes to the reality of the needs of those that are around us and unctions something within us that says, you know what, we've got to be a part of the solution. We've got to reach out in this time. Listen, it says, when you see the naked, to clothe them and not turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then the righteous will go before you and your glory, the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Amazing. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. (laughs) If you do away with the yoke of oppression, 
with the pointing of the finger and the malice talk. And if you spend, hear it again, if you spend yourselves on the behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise like in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. And the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. Listen to this. And He will strengthen your frame and you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never run dry. What an amazing thing. What a powerful thing that fasting enables. And I want to encourage us, come on, I'm not going to call us all to a fast. I'm not going to call us all to have to do something right now and say, okay, we're all starting on this day. No, no, I know right now God is knocking on the heart. God is speaking to some of us, going, you want a breakthrough? You want to see this change? You want the increase? You want to expand? You want to step out? Then would you step into me in a whole new way? Come on, would you leave what God's leading inside of you? And let's really believe together, come on, that God is going to open doors that only He can open and move in ways that only He can. But number two is she reunited believers. If we're going to faith forward, then we need to be united with others, all right? We've got to do life with those who are going to cheer us on, those who are going to lift us up, those who are going to carry us at times, those who might mourn with us in the moments of mourning, but at the same time, they're going to declare there's new mercy every day. They're going to speak hope. They're going to speak life. And I've been so encouraged again by just the level of people engaging through groups and just expanding the opportunity to do life together and support one another. And if you're not in a group, can I encourage you? It's not out of obligation, but it's out of the opportunity for you to be able to invest what's on your life, but also for you to receive as and that we would, in this season, flourish together. That in this season, that we would be together like never before. She reunited believers. She actually, in verse four, first, sorry, chapter four, verse fifteen, she said, "Come on, everyone, we're going to fast. Me and my maids, we're going to fast as well. We're not going to eat nor drink." They did it together. You know, it's incredible. Proverbs seventeen seventeen says this: "A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born an adversary." The revelation I get from that is this, is is friends are found in the fun, but family is formed in the fire. How powerful is that? I believe right now in this season, come on, some of the friends that we're going to have are literally going to become like family because we're going to share heart like never before. We're going to share life like never before. We're going to step up like never before. We're going to step out like never before. And it's incredible because the Bible says on a number of occasions, come on, where there is unity, hundred times, actually, there's scriptures that talk about the fact that unity commands blessing. Where there's unity, there's a commanded blessing. Where two or more are gathered in my name, come on, Mark, uh, Matthew 18, 20, then there I am in the midst of it. Jesus sent them out. When they went out on mission, He actually sent them out in pairs, two by two. There's something about a togetherness, a united. Come on, who are you doing life with? Now that we can have five people in our home, who are you inviting into your home? I think there's two kinds of people we should invite into our home. Those that are needing us to speak life into them, help them, encourage them, lift them up, share faith, share the gospel. And then those also who are going to stand alongside us and we're going to link arm in arm and we're going to step up and we're going to step out and we're going to share dreams and we're going to pray together and we're going to stir each other's faith that in this season that we would be lifting people up and that we would also be taking a step forward with others. Come on, it's time to unite. It's time to get close. It's time to... Connect like never before. Then number three, so we realign lordship, reunite believers, and number three, reveal faith. Do you know that Esther actually had hidden her nationality from the king? 
She never told him that she was a Jew. She never told him that that was her lineage. And in this moment, her faith was revealed. Now, I'm not for a moment suggesting that any of us have been hiding our faith. I'm not implying that you're someone that goes around as a secret believer. Maybe you are. Maybe you're yet to be at that point where you've shared it. You know what? I know for all of us, for all of us, I am believing that this will be a moment that our faith would be revealed in such an increasing way that our faith would be revealed. Come on, our hope would be revealed. The peace of God would be revealed. The love of Jesus would be revealed. The the nature of a God who can do the impossible would be revealed. The miraculous power of Jesus would be revealed. That at this time, whether we're new to faith or whether we've been a Christian for a long time, that this would be a moment that, come on, that we'd step up and that we would step out and that our faith would come alive in a brand new and a fresh way. See, what's amazing though is when it comes to the moments where we talk about revealing our faith, often what we do is we look at what we don't have. Oh, I couldn't do that. I haven't got the confidence for that or I would never be able to do that. And we talk ourselves out of what God is actually wanting to step us into. It's incredible how Acts 3 talks about Peter and John as a, they were walking into the temple. There was a man there crippled asking for money and they very clearly identified with what they don't have. But at the same time, they very clearly declared what we do have. Silver and gold, we don't have. But what we do have, we give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. And they took him and they lifted him into not something that was temporal, but something that was eternal. Something that was truly lasting change. I want to tell you, in these moments, God is calling us. He is leading us. Come on, to be people who are literally going to step out and our faith is going to be revealed in fresh ways. But for us to have our faith revealed in fresh ways, then very clearly we need to know that God's presence is with us. God's power is on us. You know, Isaiah 61 is another scripture that is a favourite of mine. But it says this, uh, Isaiah speaking, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And he's anointed me to bind up the brokenhearted. And he's anointed me to proclaim freedom for the captives. And he's anointed me to release from darkness the prisoners and to declare the year of the Lord's favour. And it goes on and talks about the transformation that takes place. Come on, really quickly, but really significantly. Do you know the anointing that's on your life as a believer? Come on, do you know the anointing that's on your world to be able to pray for someone and literally believe for miraculous provision? Believe for miraculous uh, protection. Believe for healing in people's lives. Doesn't the Bible tell us in James that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective? This is my encouragement for all of us. Would we pray for people in this season like we've never prayed before? It's time to faith forward. And in our faith forward, God is going to call us into what would be unknown and scary zones for us personally. But I believe as we step out, honestly, we're going to be able to stand in the gap that enables that who was in lack, that who was without, that was who was downcast, that whose spirit and soul was crushed, those who felt alone and isolated, those who felt like they were impoverished and didn't know which way to turn. I believe literally we're going to be able to pull them out of that place. And it could also not only be a place of uh, destiny for us, but I believe it's going to be a place of destiny for them. Come on, would we believe for miracles in this time. It's a time for miracles. It's a time for breakthrough. It's a time where lives are going to be changed by the love and the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's know that we're anointed. You are anointed. 
You are anointed. You carry God's presence. Let's be people that reveal faith. Let's be people that step into that and enable it to go like we haven't seen it go before. God longs. Come on, God longs to show His love in and through us. And I believe this is the season. This is the time. Come on, let's go to number four. Number four, real quick, but this is pretty significant. Number four is it releases echoes. She released echoes. So what do you mean she released echoes? I'm not sure if you're aware, but on the 25th and the 26th of February, in the, uh, you know, uh, for the Jewish people, there's a, an incredible celebration called the, the Purim. And the Purim is a festival, a time of where literally they're singing and dancing in the streets, where people get dressed up, where they bake food and they give it away and they give gift baskets to friends and they also give generously to charities. And they call it the most fun holiday, the most fun holiday. What that holiday is, is actually the very account of this here story of Esther being retold and them having a moment, having a a designated time where they celebrate the victory. They celebrate, they triumph. That which was meant for tragedy is now a moment of triumph. And they have this moment and in now, what echoes from the story is not a death sentence that was put over the Jewish people that didn't come about. What echoes now is this place of victory, this place of our God came through. I want to ask the question, what is the echo going to be like in generations' time because of the moment we have now? What is the echo going to be like when my grandkids talk about, you know, granddad, tell me about that time where you guys, you know, were locked indoors. Tell me that time where you guys had to stand a metre and a half apart everywhere you went. Tell me about that time that you, you know, you, you saved the world by sitting on your couch. What's going to be the echo? What's going to be on the other side of this? Is it going to be something that we're going to have stories of faith, stories of breakthrough, stories where God moved and God birthed things and God started incredible stuff? Or are we going to have just simply, oh, yeah, you know, we got through. Oh, we just survived. Yeah, it was pretty inconvenient. Oh, man, you'll never realise how hard we had it in those times. You don't know how good you got it. (laughs) I believe we could have an echo that honestly the generations are down the track are going to look back and say, thank you. Thank you for the way you responded. Thank you for the way you stood up. Thank you for the way you trusted God. Thank you for the way that you just you led with all of your heart. Thank you for the way that you just believed God for the impossible and that we are seeing what we have right now. You know, I think of a personal hero for me, my grandma. You know, you know I may have heard it a few times, but you know, she was widowed three times. First time, She had four young kids on her own. And, uh, you know, I couldn't imagine how hard that would have been. My dad was 12, you know, and it went on. And and, in time, you know, quite a number of years later, she ended up remarrying an amazing man, Granddad Hugh. And unfortunately, he died of cancer, went on, married a a childhood sweetheart, actually, uh, Granddad Ian. And sadly, he passed away as well, uh, you know, not too many years ago. But I love my grandma because my grandma's echo is, Craig, God is good. I'm not grateful that my grandma had to go through that, but I am grateful for how she did go through it. She went through it with a testimony that says, I'm not going to get buried. I'm not going to shrink back. I'm not going to say, woe is me. I'm going to not look at the reality of my life and go, oh God, it's so unfair. 
No, she decided to say, you know what, God, your character is worth building my life upon. You're worth trusting. And I hear grandma tell us stories about how food packages would arrive, how amazing people would come around and spend time with the kids, my, my parents, my uncles and aunties, and, and invest into them. And she says, God, Craig, he's good. Don't you worry about things that you face. Don't you worry about the challenges you'll go through. We've got a good God. We've got a God who is good. We've got a God who is a provider. We've got a God who is with us. And I want to encourage you. Come on, you've got a God who is good. You've got a God who is with you. You've got a God who sees on the other side. I never knew my grandma having lack. I knew my grandma was a property developer. She was a go-getter, 90 years old, still gardening and mowing and doing all that sort of stuff, living life to the full. She walked through some hard times, but I tell you, her echo wasn't hardship. Her echo was the goodness of God. Her echo enabled something to resonate in my life generations later, and it's going to echo in my children's children, that's for sure. Come on, how will we look back on this moment in history? How will we look back on how we responded? What is the echo going to be? Will people be celebrating? Come on, will there be holidays and parties because of the way we responded? Will the testimony be of how good God is? Because I tell you what, it may be hard. And again, I know you know my heart. I'm not trying to disqualify the fact that some of us are going through some incredibly tough stuff. But I do want to point very clearly to the fact that God could use us for a purpose. And God could release something profound in our lives if we're just willing to trust Him and live out this moment in the way that He leads. You know, that the truth of it is, is that you might be connected in, and, you know, whether you're watching with others or whether you're by yourself, the very real reality might be that you don't know God yet. You don't know His goodness. You don't know His love. You don't know that He's with you. Or maybe you once did and you've walked away from God and you've disconnected but you know that you know that in your heart of hearts, there's a void there. And you know that God longs to fill it. And you know that He's not pointing a finger at you saying, look what you did, look at this, look at that. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? No, no, you have a God who's with you, who looks at you with love and compassion. And He's got a purpose for you. And His heart today is not that you would feel an obligation to have to do better. <laughs> no. You've got a God whose heart today is that would just say, hey, would you do life with me? Let's journey this together. You know what? Maybe you've never opened your heart to God before. You know that today you can know Him personally, not know a religion, not even join a church. That's not our intention. My heart is that you would know God for yourself. And through an honest prayer, through an open heart, you can discover God for yourself right here, right now. And so what we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer and I'm going to lead you in it. And there's going to be the words of the prayer next to me that you'll be able to you know, say this prayer along with me. But I don't want you to say it for the sake of just reading. I want you to say it from your heart. And the Bible says that when we respond with our heart, He hears us and He meets us and His presence is going to fill you and His love is going to meet you and forgiveness is going to wash over you right now as we pray. Come on, every person, let's close our eyes. Dear Jesus, today I open up my heart to you and I receive you into my life. I receive you as my Lord, as my Saviour. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you're with me. I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for my life. Today, I declare I believe in you. I put my trust in you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you that Jesus died and rose again triumphant, that I might have life and have it to the full. 
In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, come on, I would love us all to celebrate and congratulate. Come on, everybody in every room watching this, I want you to put your hands together because the Bible tells us that all of heaven right now is celebrating as one person makes that decision. Come on in the chat, push the heart button, get the hearts flowing because honestly, lives are being turned around. And if you made that decision, honestly, we honour you. And what I'd love you to do, if you're in the chat, then just click that raise hand button because honestly, we want to celebrate the decision that you've made. And then also, we would love you to be able to take this next step for us to be able to just encourage you, support you in any way that you're willing. But we would love you to be able to click on the Live Connected card and, uh, and the Live Connected sorry tab that comes up on the chat. And that will take you to an opportunity to be able to put in a couple of details. We're not going to pest you. But we are, and we would love to give you a Bible, all right? We'd love to gift you a Bible. Uh, This week, we'd love to send that out to you, so you just need to fill that out. Otherwise, you can see below me, there's a website you can go to, a QR code that if you grab your phone and scan, is going to take you to that connected area. And uh, honestly, let's do this together, because you've been born for such a time as this. This is a turnaround moment for you. And I trust, for everybody hearing this, I trust, come on, something of God is stirred in your spirit. And, And let's pray together as we close. And that's literally belief, come on, that God just right now seals what He's doing and sets us apart for what's in store. Father, we honour You. We honour Your timing. We honour You that You don't make mistakes. We honour the fact, Lord, that it's not by chance that we're here. But Lord, You've got something that You've purposed. You've got something that You want to do in us and through us in this time. And so like Esther, we just abandon ourselves to following our own desires and our own efforts and abilities. We just say, Lord, we're in Your hands. We want You to speak. We want You to lead. We commit ourselves to seeking You in a new way and responding to Your leading in fresh ways. Father, we just ask, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that You would enable there to be an echo from this season that literally changes the generations. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Well, honestly, we just want to say how grateful we are for the fact that uh, we're able to do this season together. But honestly, the way you're pressing in, the way you're connecting is just amazing. I want to encourage you, if you'd love prayer in any area, then you can do that through the live chat or just message and say, would someone call me this week? You know, we want you to know you are not alone in the season. If you'd love to hang out as well uh, and meet some of the team, then we've got that uh, Zoom hangout that's happening straight afterwards, the lounge, which is cool. And then as well, we just want to say a massive thank you and a great encouragement to the way that people are continually honouring God with their tithe, trusting Him with the area of offerings, and it really is enabling us to keep doing what we're doing as a church. And so trust God is protecting and providing and securing every area when it comes to finances for us all. And so we love you heaps. Next week, part two of Faith Forward. Pastor Nadia's got an amazing word and we look forward to seeing you then. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.